0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, where, as always, we're here together working to improve our financial IQ. Um, Total Wealth Academy is an education and mentoring program where we take people by the hand and welcome step-by-step through the process of building a second stream of income with real estate. Um, our members are buying groups of single-family houses. They're buying... Large apartment complexes, large self-storage complexes, uh, large senior living, RV parks, you name it. If it produces cash flow and it's backed by real estate, we're investing in it and building that second stream of income. So, what I want to talk about briefly is a conversation I had with a lady who had close to $5 million in mutual funds and stocks in 2006 and what happened to her in 2007 and 8 pushed her down to below 3 million and you could say well just hold it hold it wait you know for it to come back up she turned 68 or or something like that in 2006 for her it was supposed to have been retirement time but because she had her money in the stock market and mutual funds, she was unable to retire. And you say, well, $3 million is a lot of money. But you got to understand, there's a thing called quality of lifestyle. And once you become accustomed to a certain quality of lifestyle, you need a certain amount of money to maintain that lifestyle. So she had a set of bills, monthly bills. Set for her level of quality of lifestyle. $3 million wasn't going to cover it for 20 years, which is how long a woman lives in retirement. I want you to think about this. How many of you are putting yourselves at risk for the same thing to happen to you? You've got your money in the volatile stock market mutual funds you're taking a huge risk if you've got your money in those vehicles past 50. some people will say 55 shouldn't have any money in the stock market after 55 but i think it's even earlier than that because what it does is it gives you time 50 to 65 is 15 years to take that money out of the stock market and build an actual income stream with real estate. And not that it would take 15 years, but it it gives you a good buffer. Depending on the money you've got, you could re- you could build a second stream of income in 2 years. You could build it in 3 years, 4 years, 5 years. I'm just throwing the number 15 out there for safety's sake. It would be almost impossible to invest in real estate for 15 years and not retire yourself. It's just, you'd really have to goof things up to do that. But let's think about if that lady had had $5 million worth of real estate, we'll say 20 rent houses, and she was making $10,000 a month in income off of those 20 houses. The real estate market crashed in 2007 too, and let's say that her $5 million worth of real estate dropped in value all the way to three below $3 million, just like her stocks did. What's the cash flow off that investment now? It's still $10,000 a month. Do you see the difference? in the risk involved in speculation versus investing. And I know I'm splitting hairs here, but the stock market is not an investment. It is speculation. It is buy low to sell high. It is gambling. Real estate can also be speculation if you don't know what you're doing. Speculation would be going out into a $250,000 neighborhood and buying 20 houses at $250,000 and waiting for them to go up in value. That's speculation. That's gambling. But when you buy 20 houses that are worth 250000 for 200000 and they produce $500 a month cash flow, That's no longer speculation. That's investing. It produces cash flow and 20 houses times $50,000 equity pickup. What is that? I think that's a million dollars in equity pickup. Yeah, a million bucks in equity pickup. That's not guessing that she made a million bucks she made a million bucks and she's got ten thousand dollars a month income for the rest of her life and that ten thousand is gonna go up not down you go back to two thousand seven eight nine the great recession rents went up because everybody was losing their home and moving into rental property so both single-family and apartment rents went up high demand so the cash flow actually went up. Her 10000 probably turned to 12000 a month. Yeah, her property values dropped, but she doesn't care. It's not if real estate's going to crash, it's when. It's not if the stock market's going to crash, it's when. But what if that when is the year before or after you retire? you're screwed if your money's speculating in the stock market, gold, silver, crypto, things like that. So this is why we're investing in real estate. Because when the crash comes, and it's not if, it's when, we don't care. Oh, man, that sucks. My $10 million worth of property is now only worth $7 million. Meh. I'm still making my cash flow and that's what you live off of. So keep this example in mind. I shared an example with you where a guy sold his company where he was making over a million a year, seven, eight million dollars, nine million dollars he sold it for, put it in the stock market and lost 1.3 this year, 1.3 million. I got a question for any of you that are competent entrepreneurs. What in the world are you doing putting your money in the stock market? Go start another business and then be smart enough not to sell it. Pay someone else to run it if you want to get out of it. Don't sell it. So there's my my little story based off that conversation with this lady. By the way, she's now in... I don't know five or six apartment complexes doing very very well but man the stress that she described through 2007 8 & 9 I don't want anybody to go through that anybody she said it was horrible so think about that deeply if you're speculating in the stock market with mutual funds and such you're high risk especially if you're over 50 real estate is lower risk because of the cash flow because it makes you money four ways not just one all right when we come back we'll talk about a conversation i had with some friends yesterday that really shocked me but at the same time it just proved what they say about the poor and middle class this is the total wealth academy radio show i'm your host steve davis thanks for listening Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy Radio Show. I am your host Steve Davis, and let's go into something that I I talk about probably a couple times a month, and it's the Jim Rome point that you're the average of the five people, not counting your nuclear family. You're the average of the five people that you hang out with the most, and you got to be cautious. Because as I say that, a lot of you are going, no, I'm the top dog in my group of six friends. Do you realize the other five people are saying the same thing? Everybody thinks they're the top dog in their group. So be cautious of that. But you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. And the challenge is that most of us hang out with people who are in similar or worse, financial positions than we are. And we talk about money, stocks, investments, things like that. Unfortunately, though, the poor in the middle class don't really talk about that much. And this was exemplified by a lunch I had yesterday with a group of friends, people I love and care about, people I respect, intelligent people. I don't want any of this to come across as me belittling or putting them down. It's just a different way to live that I'm going to discuss. So I'm sitting there and I hear, yeah, I leave for Cancun tomorrow. When I get back from Cancun, I'm taking a cruise a week later. Another person. Yeah, I'm renting a 64-foot yacht to go out in the ocean and deep-sea fish. Another person. Yeah, I'm headed to Colorado. And that's all I heard. Spending money. God, this is so hard to do I don't want to offend anybody or hurt anybody's feelings it's just that's not what rich people talk about when I hang out with my wealthy friends we're chatting about you know how's that new apartment complex you bought how's it doing did the cash flow come out as high as you thought what are you looking at doing next Oh, you're going to do some self-storage next? The wealthy have a tendency to talk about income-producing endeavors. Do they take vacations? Do they travel? Sure. And they'll talk about that on occasion. But it's more of a positive, let's kick butt, let's-do-well conversation, where when I'm with my poor and middle-class friends, they don't want to talk about money, I guess because it's depressing. One lady goes, yeah, I just, uh, right before she told me she's taking a cruise and headed to Cancun, well, let me change the... I just gave away who it was. Um, Like I said, this is tough. Because I don't want to hurt people's feelings. But you've got to understand. You have to talk about stuff to learn it. You have to talk about stuff if you're going to improve. And when a person goes, wow, I'm doing great. I just caught up on all my bills. That's not doing great. That means you're broke. You just caught up on your bills. Well, guess what happens next month? Those bills come back. What did you do this month to increase your income to be able to pay those bills and not get behind? Nothing. They they don't even talk about it. and I know I'm going to hurt some feelings with this one, not my friends, but what is it with travel? Why do people feel this incredible need to spend tens of thousands of dollars traveling? I don't get it. I think traveling a pain in the butt. You get in your car at 9 in the morning, Drive to the airport to get there by 10 or 10.30. Then you go through security. You sit and wait for an hour for the plane to take off. You sit in the plane for 5, 10, 15 hours. You, it takes you an entire day just to get to some of these places. And it's like, okay, Why? I don't understand it. And I think it comes down to when you have, when you're wealthy, and I'm not just talking money. I'm talking the, the full eight parts of a balanced life. If your romance at home is perfect, you're making love three or four times a week. If your fitness is perfect, you're working out three or four times a week. If everything is Great, What are you searching for? Why, when you have no passive income, are you taking three thousand, seven thousand, ten thousand dollars? You're trying to escape, aren't you? You think traveling is an escape because your life sucks. Your regular life sucks. See the reason I don't like to travel? is it ain't no better than my life here if i'm with josie and i'm in france if i'm with josie and i'm in mexico if i'm with josie and i'm here in texas i'm happy i don't it's almost like people are trying to escape from the reality that their life isn't A vacation when if you design your life correctly and effectively your life is a vacation my life is a doggone vacation and you say well you do a hundred emails a day I love emails love it I get a dopamine rush every time I answer a member's question love it Well, you have to consult. You consult four, five, six hours a day. I get a dopamine rush when I consult. My life is a vacation. I don't have to leave the country to have a vacation. Now, I know this comes across as bragging, and I apologize if it does. But I'm telling you, when you have a second stream of income, And you don't have to work a job. And you start doing exactly what you want to do with your life. Not everybody. But some of you are going to stop traveling. Because you don't need to. Your life's a freaking vacation. It's insane how high quality of lifestyle you have when you have a passive stream of income that pays all your wants and needs and then you find your purpose in life and, and I'm talking a job or maybe you want to open a little business or maybe you want to open a restaurant and the funny thing is you don't even care if the restaurant makes any money <laughs> just so long as it breaks even you love to cook you love to serve people that's your thing and You have a thing called happiness. Now, with all this said, are there certain people that travel because they're just travelers? That's their thing? Absolutely. I got nothing against people like that or not even a negative comment. But I really believe when I see people who are living paycheck to paycheck, taking these trips over and over again, when they're broke they're trying to escape because their life sucks I'm telling you get off your butt and create a life that doesn't suck save the money you were going to spend on these stupid trips for a couple of years and go buy yourself some income producing assets and get your money out of the stock market out of mutual funds Take your IRA, take your 401k, and go buy a doggone real estate with us at Total Wealth Academy and build a second stream of income. Because your life should be a vacation every stinking day, just like mine, just like many of my friends. It's phenomenal. Okay, we got to go to break. This is the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I'm going to open the phone lines, 281-558-5738, 281-558-KSEV. If you've got a question for me or a comment, give me a call, 281-558-KSEV. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis. And got an interesting email here from a Roderick um, who travels a lot. And it's rather lengthy. I did have a chance to read the whole thing. It's a well-written. And I agree with Roderick that you grow as a human being. There are a lot of benefits to traveling. Um, But he goes on to say, that he has spent so much traveling that he has nothing in reserve for retirement and he's mid-40s. And that's a danger. You should have half your retirement saved up by mid-40s. So, yeah, I admit that travel, you grow as a human being. And there are other benefits as well. My idea for traveling is, oh, I'm sure I'm going to get blasted for this. I just want to make love to my wife in new places. It's the only reason I travel. Um, <laughs> so so for me, when I'm getting the same thing here in the United States, no need to travel. So for me, it's not a big deal. And I read a lot, so I learn a lot about other cultures by reading nonfiction books uh, not the same as traveling. But for me, it's enough. So, Roderick, I think based off the numbers you're talking here, 30000 a year in travel expenses, you know, cut that in half. Go half as often. Go a quarter as often. And start saving the balance of that money and then start investing to build a second stream of income. I can tell by your skill as a writer and a communicator that you can do anything you want. You're definitely highly intelligent. Um, but but that would be my strategy. Because you don't want to cut it out completely if that's your passion. But I can tell you this. If you build up a second stream of income, your bills are 5000 go to 15000 You got 5000 a month to pay your bills, $5,000 for romance and fun and everything else, and $5,000 for travel every month. That's sixty dollars a year for travel if you'll just put it off a few years to build that passive income first. Um, one of my favorite stories about travel was a guy was going to buy a – it could have been more than this, you know – and, and this was 20 years ago, so I'm sure the boat today would be over a million bucks. But he wanted to buy this $500,000 boat. And we convinced him, hey, why don't you put that $5,000 down on an apartment complex and buy your boat with the cash flow, and you'll have spending money to go along with it. Because if he had bought that boat, he was going to be flat broke. How do you travel around the world if you just spend all your money? You can't. But instead, he bought a little apartment complex. The cash flow from that, bought him his boat, and gave him several thousand dollars a month extra for expenses and travel. And the guy went around the world um, on that boat. So, again, I got nothing against travel. It's just not my thing. So... Just be cautious that you're not overspending on that and be cautious that you're not trying to escape because it doesn't work. All you're doing is wasting money. Travel because you're a traveler. And that's your thing. So, Roderick, don't beat yourself up at all. um, But cut back a little bit. Start saving that money. Put off a few of those trips not all of them a few of them and then when your passive income's up then start taking as many trips as you want travel all the time if that's your thing alright phone lines are open at 281-558-5738 281-558-KSEV now this is from Riley is that your first or last? Thing? Yeah, Riley. Do you prefer to centralize your portfolio in one market that you know very well? Or you do you like to diversify in several types of markets? And there's quite a bit more. But those are the two question marks that I see. So those are the two questions. Riley, I know people that centralize, they are their only Houston investors. But they have, say, 10, they're invested in 10 different apartment complexes throughout the Houston area. So if you've got quite a few complexes, I see nothing wrong with centralizing. But then I have a lot of students who buy in Phoenix. They'll have money in Phoenix, money in Dallas, money in Orlando, money in Tennessee, um, money in Houston seems to work, too. Um, so if you're buying the properties right, Riley, and you've got that cash flow, we don't care whether we've picked the right market or not because it's the cash flow comes in. We know it. That's the market. It's going to come in. So I think you win either way, Riley. Um, however, if you're a control freak like me, you may want to centralize, where you can get to each one. But I but I also poke fun at myself for that, because I've never been to one of the apartments that that I bought, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, I have some of them, but the last nine or ten that I participated in, I never even saw them, ever. So. Even if you're a control freak, either way works. Um, I don't see any massive benefit to diversifying all over the country. I don't see a mass benefit compared to centralizing. What I don't like is having one apartment complex in one city. I would like to see you, Riley, invest in multiple apartment complexes in your city if you're going to centralize or in multiple cities if you're going to diversify. And make sure, Riley, don't just do apartments. Make sure you're you're involved with a place like Total Wealth Academy where you can look at senior living, self storage, RV parks, mobile home parks and so on. Cuz it based on your the rest of your email, it looks like you're only looking at apartments. So, keep an open mind to that. Okay, phone lines are open 281 281- 558 281 558 ksev or email me. It's steve at totalwealthacademy.com steve at totalwealthacademy.com Okay, this is Robert. And locating property. More direct mail pieces. You know, Robert, when I was doing direct mail, I always use postcards. So I don't know the answer to your question, which is, do enveloped letters or postcards work best? I'm going to put a request out to the listeners right now. Anybody that is a competent wholesaler, if you know whether letters or postcards are more effective, uh, please give me a call at 281 558 5738. 281 558 KSEV. Robert, I will tell you that the reason I prefer postcards, and I use large ones, I, I can't remember, I think they were like 6 by 12, that were on heavier stock and stuck out from the other mail. And. I got tremendous results. You know, they were telling me it was going to be one and a half, two percent 2% response, and I was getting 3 or 4% response. So I know the postcards work, but they do have to be something that stands out. The next thing, reminder, Robert, is remember it's better to mail 1,000 people seven different mail outs than it is to mail 7,000 people one mail out. You need multiple touches so don't buy giant lists. Buy a smaller list and market to it at least seven times. They say that it takes about seven touches to get the average seller to reach out to you. Now I never needed seven touches but I will tell you it wasn't the first time I mailed them. It was probably the third or fourth, so somewhere between three and seven times is what you need. So again, buy a thousand, a list of a thousand, and send seven pieces to them. Don't buy a seven thousand person list and send them one. Okay, let's see if there's any other questions here. No. All right, thanks, Robert. I sure appreciate the uh, email. Remember, my email is open to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We are um, at steve at totalwealthacademy.com. steve at totalwealthacademy.com. All right, let's go to the next email. Wow, I've got a ton of sales pitches in my box. Oh, that's the diversify question. That's the. Sorry, I am hitting the same emails by accident. Okay, Jason, um, you found a 93 unit apartment complex today. Oh, just. You're just telling me that. Congratulations, Jason. Rock and roll. Congratulations. Um, Very proud of you. I really like the size of the complex, um, and I like the fact that you got the guts to do it. So good luck with that. All right, got to go to break. This is the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Phone lines are open for a final segment, 281-558-5738, 281-558-KSEV. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis. If you've got a question for me, we are in the final segment. So it's important that you call within the next, really, two minutes if you've got a question for me. And I would like any question that you have about something that may be holding you back. I know the press was on the television yesterday Telling people it's a bad time for buyers and it's a bad time for sellers to do real estate right now. <laughs> you got to understand they're talking about owner occupants, not investors. And they're talking about speculating in real estate, not investing in real estate. And you also got to remember those reporters don't own any real estate, they don't have 20 houses. They don't have a 200-unit apartment. They don't know what they're talking about. They're just regurgitating information. Am I putting down these reporters? Absolutely not. They serve a purpose, and they do a great job at it. But people take them way, way too seriously. Way, way too seriously. You've got to – when you hear something like that, you need to go talk to somebody like me who has – owned 4,000 units, who has owned 100 houses. That's who you want to get the information from. So if you got a question about something that's bothering you, something that's maybe scaring you away from investing in real estate or building a second stream of income, a fear and insecurity, please use a fake name if you need to, but give me a call. 281-558-5738 281-558-KSEV or email me it's steve at total wealth steve at total wealth okay this is a simple question from shake shake is asking about the expo coming up on October 1st and what the website is to reserve a seat it is totalwealthacademy.com forward slash expo this is a free event for members and non-members. If you would like to expose yourself to Total Wealth Academy and see what we're doing, you're gonna see case studies on how to move from single-family to apartments. This is from a woman who with less than four dollars in her bank account turned her life around and this year, just a couple years later, she bought two apartment complexes and a self-storage complex. She's also a single mom with two twins. So any of you that have an excuse for why you can't succeed, you probably should meet this lady. Then we've got a self-storage expert, John Manas. He will be going over why self-storage does so well in the down times, in recessions, and so on. And then we got Joseph Ramante, who will be talking about A-class apartment complexes and how he took an A-class property and made a lot of money with it when the common thought is that you can't make a lot of money with those A-class properties. He's proven that to be inaccurate. So you'll see them in the morning. Then we'll break about noon or maybe 1230, and we will have Caribbean food, Jamaican food. Uh, We have some Caribbean dancers. You get to meet about 20 different vendors. Remember, real estate is a team sport. You can pick up mortgage companies, insurance companies, contractors, you name it. There's going to be, if, if it has to do with real estate investing, there's going to be a vendor there that you can meet. Um, it, it starts at 8 a.m., and we're generally done and out of there by 3 or 4. So go to TotalWealthAcademy.com forward slash expo, and reserve a seat now. The reason is we turned away one, I think it was 150 people last time that tried to reserve. It was full. We have limited space because we're at our office building. Uh, So go to TotalWealthAcademy.com, forward slash expo, and reserve a seat for you, your spouse, and kids really. If you got kids and you want them to start learning this, They should be 8 and up, 8 and up, Um, but they're welcome as well. Okay, let's go to the next question from a, I don't see a name. I think they want to be anonymous. Heritage tenants. Okay, anonymous. Um, You've got a tenant's spouse. I'm not sure I understand this. I'm assuming that you had a married couple in there. You signed a lease with just one of them. And now they've divorced. And the spouse that's not on the lease won't move out. Whew. This is complex. Um... anonymous remember both of them need to sign the lease in the future but you're gonna need an attorney for this one to verify um, exactly what you need to do because they're not paying rent you got how many days 40 42 looks like 41 or 42 days okay you need to go ahead and file the three-day eviction and you need an attorney I'm going to send you an attorney that can help you with evictions, Anonymous. But, yeah, don't do this. The next time, make sure the lease is signed by both spouses, and it'll make it a little easier. Do I think you're going to have a lot of trouble with this? No. But I would get an attorney for this particular situation. Is this your first eviction? Yeah. First eviction, get an attorney to walk you through it, and I'll send you a great one. All right, thanks, Anonymous. Okay, this next question. Phone lines are open. Just a couple more minutes. 281-558-5738. 281-558-KSEV. This is from Judy. Judy's asking about security deposit, returning a security deposit. Okay, let me read this. I'll read the highlights. She took pictures of the house before they moved in. That's good. Did a punch-out list and a checklist. Good, good. Did everything correctly. And now you got holes in the wall, a missing door, a lot of paint damage to the walls, marks on the walls that won't wash off. Yeah, what you want to do, Judy, should I say? You need to um, document everything. Just like you took photos of the entire house before, you now want to take photos of the entire house after. Do not do the repairs yourself. Do not. Judges don't like that. Get the repairs done so that you've got a receipt. Someone else did them. You paid the receipt, you got proof of payment. That way, if they come back at you and you end up in court, um, you got the proof. See if anything else is wrong. I don't see anything else. It looks like you did everything right. I don't think you're going to have any problem at all. But put together a flyer in Word... Microsoft Word or equivalent put the pictures of the damage in it send your tenant the receipts for the repairs Um, give them all the data just like you would a judge and they're not going to call you back and if they do, if you go to court it's going to be a two minute case the judge is just going to throw them out if you've got those photos before and after that is the most powerful thing I've ever seen. And you did that right. All right. Good luck with that. And the next question. Phone lines are up. Nope. No more phones. This is from Dobie. Uh, seller wanting to back out of an offer they made yesterday. Let them out. Let them out. Sure, you can sue for specific performance, But you're going to sell that property in the next 10 days anyway. And if you sue for specific performance, it could take months or a year. Let them out. Let them go. Don't worry about it. Find another buyer. That's my recommendation. Okay, I want to thank everybody for listening. Please have a great weekend, and we'll talk again next week. Take care.